0: The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Lindsay Pierce, a friend of mine from college. And to be honest, we haven't stayed in regular touch since then. But we see pictures of each other's kids send each other a note every now and then. And as we record this, just last week... Lindsay was laid off from the Denver Post where she spent the past seven years as a video journalist and was part of a very public mass layoff at the Post. So Lindsay, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for asking. It's been a wild couple of weeks. We've, uh, I've been on a, a roller coaster of emotions since we learned about the last round of layoffs. And we were shocked to hear how many people were going to have to be cut this this round. I've been angry, you know, sad, anxious, but I've landed on a feeling um, I'm pretty excited going forward and pretty grateful for the opportunity I've had at The Post. When I first, um, when we first found out that they were going to cut 30 of us, I have to be honest, I did not think it was going to get to me. I've, since I started working at The Post in 2000. 11. I have seen staff reductions over and over. We've been owned by our um, hedge fund, Alden Global Capital, since 2010. So we've continually had to cut staff and we've made it. You know, each round, each department has done a great job of reassessing, making sure that we can move forward and do our best job of telling stories. And it's gotten a little bit harder, but I have to be honest, I haven't really felt the pinch. Um, my department has been really supportive at making sure that we still have time to work on stories for a week, a couple of weeks, even projects longer than that. So, I uh, I was shocked. I, I don't think I, I didn't realize that video was going to get hit because you know moving forward into this digital era of journalism, video has been a source of revenue for us at the Post. Not always, but we put a big investment into it and we've seen it do fairly well in the last year. Um, so I, I didn't think it was going to hit me, but I, I kind of, I, I've, I've been ready for this chapter at the Denver post for me to close. Just personally, I have to be honest. I've got two little kids and I've been, um, my husband and I have been talking for a year or so about how we're going to move into this next stage of, our oldest going to kindergarten and how we're going to juggle the three thirty pickup and summer's off. So this is, it's everything's coming together at the right time for me to close that chapter and move on. I'm, I'm just devastated to see what's happening to, to Denver, the community of Denver and how they're going to feel this loss of this legacy journalism product. But, you know, things are, things are happening. I think, Um, the people at the post are, are fighting back there. You've probably seen the, the opinion perspective page that we ran last weekend and the New York Times has been drawing some attention on it and a lot of other outlets. And they're, they're really fighting the good fight to keep things, uh, to keep these opportunities of telling stories.
0: What's it like going from being the one who covers the story to being the one who's now in the story?
1: Yeah, that's, I think it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. Um, we've had a lot of constructive meetings. Um, the union has been a huge force in helping the Post stay local and under, helping the journalists here understand, you know, our our rights and what, you know, what we can talk about and how to push forward. I certainly haven't given up on local journalism. I feel like it's important now as it was before and even more so and the journalists at the different Post haven't given up on it and I think it's important to know that the story of what's happening at the Post isn't just it can't be wrapped up in this story like you see in a lot of other news outlets right now where the staff is struggling to switch over to digital and um, there's this big talk about credibility and objectivity and in news sources and we're not we're not really wrapped up in that. I mean, it's certainly happening at the same time, but what's happening at the different posts is different. And it's kind of a story of this capitalist economy, you know, our, our hedge fund ownership really taking our newsroom and kind of driving us to the ground so that they can take those profits in the meantime and invest in other things. So the journalists at the post are still working really hard to do what we do. And and hoping that we get another owner, that somebody, that new will step out, or somebody else will step up and and take us to the next place. And we've had offers. There's been offers for people buying the demo Post. It's just it's not what the investors that own us are asking. They're they're asking four times what the amount we're worth. So um, I hope the community continues to to rally behind us and see the post move into the next chapter.
0: What did you do right away right after you found out?
1: Uh, gosh, I I mean I have to say I was like a little bit like giddy with this nervous energy because I like I said I I knew that the the next chapter for me is going to be a good one. I it's it's so intertwined with also feeling this attachment to the post and wanting to make sure that, um, I took a, a full advantage of this experience. I wanted, I never wanted to walk away because I didn't want to have to look at myself later and, and say that I cut my experience short because it's been such a great opportunity to tell these stories, but finding out, you know, I was, I just such this combination of nervous for, for the paper and for my peers, but from the get-go, I've been been a little excited that I was, you know, potentially going to to move into this this new area of independent filmmaking and and having a little more time with my kids. You know, we spend a lot of time driving to and from commuting. I I don't live far from the post. I live about six miles, but that can be forty-five minutes in rush hour Denver traffic. So all of a sudden, it's like I've got an extra hour and a half and productive time that I can spend. And so.
0: So what have you been doing with the kids since?
1: Well, I, they're still in school. So I, my first day of self-employment was really yesterday. I, I spent all of Monday packing up and clearing off my hard drive and making sure I had everything to go. Um, and yesterday, I, I'm already working on a project. I found a a story that I wanted to follow in the last week before I left the post. And so I launched into that. Yeah. The, so the kids are going to stay in school for a couple more months They're The earliest I could get them out was the end of May and we're going to, we're going to hang out. We're going to adventure. We're going to do a little more camping and hiking and swimming and all of those things. It's, a, I mean, it's an identity, shift for me. I've I've been a journalist. So even before I worked for the Daily Time or for the Denver Post, I worked for a newspaper in Farmington, New Mexico for five years. So I was a photojournalist there right out of college for five years. And I had one year in between where I photographed weddings and did freelance work. But that's that's been my life. That's been my the the greatest source, you know, part of my identity. And I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a big shift for me to let go of that, which is part of the reason I never, I never wanted to walk away from the job because I, I didn't want to put that on myself that I'd left that behind. I wanted to ride the wave out as long as I could. And I feel like it's, been, it's a good time right now.
0: <laughs> Something my dad always told me was to never let your job define you. Let your other characteristics... Mm-hmm define who you are and let people know you that way instead of knowing you for your job.
1: It's interesting. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if, if journalism is a different type of job that it becomes a part of who you are. That's, that's probably not fully true, but I like, I like that advice. I don't think it defines me, but it certainly is a big part of how I think and approach um, people and ideas and and yeah, I have to remember that's not going away. Just because I don't work for a newspaper now, I'm still I'm still a t- storyteller. You know, I told the story of my last day the Denver Post on on a Facebook post, and that's still, you know, still a way to to tell a story. And and I feel like all these stories are coming to me now. And there's just different ways of of making them happen. I don't have that platform to get them out to as many people in the Denver community, but I might find another platform and get them out to even more people in another you know, another way. So,
0: Last thing, you mentioned Alden Capital earlier, the hedge fund that owns the Post. What's their story? What's their plan?
1: We're still making money. We're still meeting the bottom line for them, but it's the more that they can cut costs along the way and drop that budget, they're going to make more money and they're they're not really looking to build the business. That's the problem. They're not looking to take it to the next decade. They're they're looking to drive us down as, you know, as fast as they can but make a ton of money along the way. And and then they're taking those investments and there's a lawsuit against them right now because they're taking those investments and putting them into some of their other investments. So, I don't know. I mean, rumors are that they're they're going to take us down to bankruptcy and then they can cash out and walk away. I, I can't quite understand how that how that works, but that's that seems to be the understanding of what's happening.
0: Well, you know, whatever I can do, say the word anytime.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. Thank you. Lindsay, good talking to you. Enjoy the time with the family, and good luck.
1: Cool, thanks, Noah.
0: So many journalists are going through this transition, and when it's done so in such a public way, there are a few sides to it. Lindsay is getting a lot of calls for freelance work because of the relationships she has built over the years, her sterling reputation, and the work she's produced. But also as she got into, the question of, where do I fit in now, is a real one. I highly recommend reading up on the story of the Denver Post, as it's not the typical one of a newspaper losing money and being forced to cut costs. And also think about what's happening to local journalism. If there's no press to hold officials accountable, then what? Check out Lindsay's work on her Vimeo page, vimeo.com, that's vime dot com slash L Pierce, P-I-E-R-C-E, and follow her on Twitter at Lindsay Pierce M. We can continue this conversation on Twitter with her and me. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Also, there are thousands of you listening to the podcast. So if you're doing so on iTunes, click the five-star rating, either from your phone or on the computer. I promise you, it's so easy. And if you have 15 more seconds to spare, write a review letting everyone know what you think of the show. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal, for more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V O K A-L Now.com. <laughs>